Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WIPS podcast. Today's guest is Lavelda Vincenzi, and she's from London in the United Kingdom. Welcome, Lavelda. Hey, it's great to be here. I do like a good podcast. And I'm very happy to have you because we'll have a different twist to our podcast today because of what you're doing. And let's start off right away. Tell our listeners what's your business, what you're doing. So I'm a professional international, it's lots of words in it, uh, an international <laughs> professional moderator, MC and host. Um, and then I also run a community called World Class Female Speakers, um, supporting women in growing their speaking businesses, finding stages and marketing themselves effectively as speakers. So I do something a little bit different. I don't call my, I do public speaking, but most of my public speaking is introducing other people on stages. And that's really interesting because it's another way to do public speaking. And that's why I love what you do so much. It will help people understand that as soon as we get in front of people, we are actually public speaking. And in your case, yes, you're hosting events and seeing and everything. And tell us, how was your first experience? How did you deal with it? How was it? Oh gosh, my first experience of it as a moderator and host. Either that my... or as a public speaker, the first one that comes to mind. Oh gosh, I was one of these people who was never afraid of a stage. So my first experience speaking in front of people, I must have been five or six, something like that probably. But the first one I can really remember, I was 13 years old. It was an assembly of about 300, stu 300 parents and students. Oh, <laughs> It was, yeah, quite, uh, quite a big crowd. How was it? I don't recall, like, the details of it. It was probably fine. Um, I only remember because I found a photograph of me stood um, doing that particular presentation. I think the first one in kind of my adult life, I've always been the sort of person who's sought out a stage. So it's never been, I just thought it was normal. Like, if somebody asked me a question, Ooh. I had an answer. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of these weirdos. It's like, isn't it normal to want to talk to everybody? Come on, let's okay. have a chat. <laughs> That's right. So you're part of the, the women that don't really fear it. You're actually seeking a stage to be able to talk. That's great. Yeah. We had a group project. I'll, I'll do it. I'll present it. Debating, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> any of that stuff. I was, I was that crazy kid. Drama, you know, I liked drama and um, that sort of stuff as well. So I liked performing arts. So that probably helped um, in terms of a lack of nerves. But for me, oh, I, I didn't know being nervous about speaking was a thing until I met people who were like, oh my God, it really scares me. And I was like, really? <laughs> These people, they're like pussycats. They'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's a nice way to think about it. But throughout all the things that you've been doing, did you have any challenging experiences that you would be oh, share with us? Grief. I've had a few. I had... Um, I had an epileptic fit in a break. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought, right, that's it, Lavaldi. You need to go get yourself first aid trained because apparently anything can happen. 
<laughs> so yeah, I was co-emceeing with my husband and we went for, was my husband there? Yeah, we went for a break and I was talking to one of the speakers and then I felt somebody hit my back and I turned around because I just thought they tripped and they fell on the floor and just started having a fit. So that was, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, that's probably the scariest situation I've been in. Um, one's a bit more down to earth for a moderator. I turned up to an, a fashion event um, when I first started out and at least I had the location. I've had people not send me any details. Um, so <laughs> Uh, to cancel the one where I'm like, it's the day before and I don't even know where I'm going. This is not a good sign. No. Um, um, but this one I turned up and we'd been asking, I was co-hosting with a friend of mine and we'd been asking for a while, like, can you send through the bios? Because it was a design um, award ceremony. And she said, I'll print them out and I'll bring them tomorrow. So I thought, well, this is going to be great. Like there's 50, it was about 30 odd designers we had to introduce. And wow. I literally had nothing. I didn't even have names. And we turned up and so I've hunted her down. I got there super early, the organizer. And she said, oh, my printer was broken. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not lying. So, <laughs> oh, ballet. Oh, ballet. I have stories. I'm not lying. So um, my friend was on the panel to um, help with the judging. So I literally set up, I set up a little um, station <laughs> in the breakout, the dressing area. I found one of the volunteers and I said, you literally have got to find me everybody who's coming on stage. And so I was sitting down with some of these designers who were freaking out because it's for some of them, you know, they're presenting, they've got to get their models and the outfits and the fittings and all of this sort of stuff. And here's me saying, can you tell me your bio again? And I've sent it. I said, listen, <laughs> we can sit here and you can get angry at me, but the bottom line is I don't have it. And, um, so I can sit here and play the victim. You can sit here and play the victim uh -huh. or I can ask you some questions for five minutes and then you can be on your way and I'll give you a beautiful introduction. But as it is, I'm just going to say your name and say they're coming out with some clothes <laughs> and hope it's clothing. Oh my gosh. For all I know you're doing bags. And normally at that point they calm down and, you know, but I literally, I had to pull 30 bios, um, missed a few because we couldn't find them. So oh, I remember wow. being on stage and the door was a little bit open and I could see through the door, the designs. Um, so I literally just had a card that had the name of the person. And so from there, I just made it up based on, oh, they've got clean white lines. <laughs> oh, wow. So is that when you kind of learn to improvise? <laughs> yeah, being a, I think moderating and hosting is not for somebody who likes things to be structured and organized at all times because the event industry isn't all, even with the best will in the world, the best event organizers in the world, you, you're dealing with a bunch of people on a day yeah. and um, people do not always act the way you want them to when you want them to. <laughs> so if oh, you absolutely. need things to be absolutely perfect all the time, then I would probably suggest that stick with traditional public speaking where you're in control at least of your content. Um, <laughs> but I'm in control of almost nothing. So um, to me, it's I, fun, but it's not everybody's bag. I realize that. And what gets to my mind is how are you even able, what is there a type of preparation you can even do because you're not able to have, like you said, you don't have control over the content or you have that experience of printer broke down and you don't even have the bios what can you do to just either prepare your mindset or how can you deal with that that's interesting 
So I, um, I'm also an event organizer. So some of my clients, I do do some of the um, coordination for them in terms of working out, especially for people who are in the digital domain and they want to move to doing physical events for their clients. Um, it's a completely different space. So I'll often work with them in coordinating and running orders and pricing and how to make it profitable yet really interesting and exciting. Yeah. So it helps understand having that understanding of the domain of my client because I've I I can do that job as well. But so there's a few things. Firstly, it's the selection of a client. I can now tell really early on <laughs> how much work it's going to be. Um, and so so based upon that, I'm sometimes I will opt out where it's just a case of, look, I don't think you need a moderator or you're not going to be ready, but it is a good skill to be able to be on the fly with things actually, because most people will not put up with um, not having the information. The other thing is um, I hadn't realized I was doing it, but I had a friend of mine at an event I did recently in Paris and I moved away from writing things on, um, on A4 sheets of paper because I, I expect the change. I expect something's going to change. And there's an old saying as an event organizer, which is, um, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And all you, and something will go wrong. Something will go wrong. And so the best event organizers always plan for every eventuality because something will go wrong. And what you can, the prayer is that the thing that goes wrong is really trivial. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be the best kind of like, oh, lunch came out 10 minutes late. Oh dear, that's my wrong thing, right? But something's going to go wrong. Um, And so that's where the best event organizers are. And so therefore, as a moderator, I take a similar sort of view into into organizing things, which is something's going to go wrong. The order's going to change. Somebody's going to overrun. Those are the normal things, but sometimes it's way outside of that. So I have to be prepared for shifting orders. So on a practical level, I don't put my notes on A4 sheets of paper because I know something's, I know they're going to change it. Somebody's not going to turn up. Somebody else is going to replace them. Yeah. The organizer's going to decide, oh, because this is running late, let's move these things around. And it's easier for me to stand in front of them with a set of cue cards and kind of go, okay, <laughs> so this one's now number one and this one's number two. And so number three becomes number seven and That's we can right. see it visually and it doesn't throw me. When I used bits of paper, I'd have all kinds of lines all over the place. I'd stand up on stage and now I can't remember what's going on. So I stopped that because, you know, then it's like, oh, I did it in blue, but then they changed it again. Now, which arrow am I supposed to be looking at? So I, yeah, practical level. It's just having things ready. So your level of preparation is finally just getting ready that everything can change at the last minute. But having that trick, about just having cue cards is probably the easiest way to manage all the changes at the last minute. That's really smart. (laughs) It stops me freaking out because, you know, the main thing is it doesn't help. I see myself as having three audiences. Um, So I've got the client who pays me and they want to make sure that their event runs to time. They've got their own agenda. The event runs to time, you you know, and that there's, it's an amazing experience um, and that they've got somebody's help to deal with any changes. Then I've got the speakers and the speakers want to come on to a really nice, warm, excited crowd who wants to listen to them. 
Ideally, as a speaker, that's what you want. The last thing you want to do is be the last one on the day. Half the crowd is gone. And those that are left are, are checked out anyway. And they're just sat talking, you know, talking to the friend next to them. They're just bored and they're tired. Right. So my, my other, um, my other client really is, or the other person that I feel like responsible for is the speaker. And that means dear speakers <laughs> that if there is somebody who's introducing you, honestly, make it your job to connect with them. The number of times I'll reach out to somebody I'm supposed to introduce and they don't make the time to have a conversation. And the challenge with that is now you're leaving your introduction to the discretion of somebody else. That's so what's going to happen? I'm going to do my best based on what I can find about you. And sometimes it's lots. Some people, I chuck their name in Google and a whole raft of stuff comes up. I can listen to some of their previous talks. I have a good sense of what their energy is. Um, I can learn how to pronounce their name because somebody else has said it, especially if it's different. Um, for other speakers, I'm then going literally on a bio. And if something's changed, you're using a bio from a few years ago or the organizers pulled some stuff down, that's all I have. That's right. And so based upon that, that's what makes your introduction. Cause I know nothing else about you. You know, you're a stranger. You befriend the <laughs> moderator. They can then introduce you like a dear friend. Absolutely. And that introduction is so much more compelling for an audience to listen to. than uh, next up is Jenny Blake. <laughs> That's right. You can add that little warm feeling to it because they took the I time can to just take a few minutes with you and exchange, connect. Yeah. Minimum, your bio should have the best things about you in it because at a rush, because sometimes a moderator and MC will get things really late. My trick is I'll pick the top three things that sound really interesting. Yeah. Appeared in, you know, published in Forbes magazine, international speaker has met the president great i want to listen to that person talk That's so right. if your bio is your story has a really wonderful story not quite as exciting to kind of perk you up and go i really want to listen to that so if um if the only thing people are going to be using to introduce you is your bio then just take some time to make it shine if your name is different and difficult maybe put it in brackets yeah. Um, spelt phonetically in the bio. Don't get angry with somebody mispronouncing your name if you can't put the effort in to make sure that your name's pronounced correctly when you've got an, when your name is different. And I, I expect mine is sometimes going to be wrong. So I turn up early and I, and I tell people, this is how you say my name. It's not easy. It's Lavelle de Vincenzi, but it's an Italian name and it's spelt like Vincenzi. So English speaking people, it's not a sound that we have. It would be <laughs> written differently, right? True. Um, it would be written differently. So, because letters appear differently and sound different in different languages, if you want a great introduction, take some time to um, meet up with your moderator. Oh, that's that a would very be, great that would be tip. my top tip because it's that frustrating be when I can't hear you. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, and. Tell me, did you oh, have? Sorry, I forgot the third. Oh, person. go ahead. Yeah. So the 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 client, the person who's paying the bills, yes. and my third uh, client, so to speak, is the audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because anyone that has to interact with the audience is 
someone that should take into account their needs, how they feel, try to pump them up a little bit and keep them interested. That's mm -hmm. very important. Very important trio that you have taken care of. And it's really important in the job that you have indeed. Tell me, with everything do, that you've done, do you have any very great moment, great experience that stands out that you had, either with speakers or at some event? I think um, the biggest one that stands out for me at the moment is um, meeting Monica Lewinsky. Oh, so it was a yeah, it was a referral. Um, I got referred by a. Somebody had seen me in an audience actually for an amazing event um, called Login in Lithuania. You should go if you're techie. It's amazing. They shut down the main street. Oh, wow. So cool. You have a party. Um, and when they asked me to come and speak, they said, oh, Monica will not do a Q&A. So you're literally just introducing her and then wrapping it up. But no questions, no questions from the audience. She will not be taking any questions. I thought, oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's fine. And then we got to it's a two-day conference. And on the second day, um, about two hours or so before Monica was supposed to go on, one of the organizers said, oh, I'm sat at the front of the stage. Somebody's talking. And the organizer whispers in my ear, Monica's changed her mind. Wow. Okay. Now it's time to switch my mindset. <laughs> But are you going to be okay to do it or do you want somebody else to? And I thought that's not even a question, love. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I work under pressure. I can do this. Um, so the best moment was, it was a little bit surreal because in one of the breaks, they took me around to go and have a chat with her just to verify what questions I could ask and couldn't ask and so on and so forth. Um, so they just left me in this room, just me and her for like 15 minutes. I was like, nice. oh my gosh, this is Monica. <laughs> She's lovely, by the way. Love her to bits. I'm sure. Really, really lovely. I've woman. seen her TED Talk, and she seems to be a very nice woman. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was kind of uh, amazing. I was like, this, this is a cool job. I could do this job more. Oh, yeah. And it also shows, again, how unpredictable your job can be. So you just have to be prepared that you'll have changes all the time. Well, and that's totally different than what speakers have to do. And uh, it takes a lot of practice. But you, like you said, you've always been the kind of, even the little girl wanting to be on stage talking to people all the time. It was well suited. It was tailored for you, that job. You were already very, uh, very interested in talking to everyone and you're not afraid to do it. So that's a big point. Tell me, I would be interested to see, with you being an MC and moderator, if you would have to give one tip to public speakers to help them speak in a more confident way on stage, what would it be? Oh, can I be a bit sideways? Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> so um, running a group of speak running world-class female speakers so working with women who want to get on stages in a big way um one of the things i noticed was that yes it's important to be to have a really great skill in speaking and so i suppose the main thing in terms of um the biggest tip for being a great speaker 
is when you get on the stage, it's nothing to do. It's no longer about you. That is probably the biggest tip. And I, I take it on myself as a moderator. It's not about me. If I'm worried about the audience, if I'm worried, then I'm, I'm out of my head and I'm making it about me and what people think of me. And it's got nothing to do with that. If I'm doing my job right, the audience is the audience, the speakers and the event organizers. That's my priority. And provided they're happy, I've done my job. And as a speaker, your priority is that the audience get, get to know what you say. Yes. Linked to that, I think um, as speakers, a lot of time, energy, and attention is spent on clarifying your message, building your confidence, and all of the little nuances to speaking confidently on stage, how you stand, how you talk, voice control, all of that sort of stuff. And whilst it's important, it all means nothing if you can't get on a stage. Oh yeah. If absolutely. people can't find you, you know, being the best kept secret doesn't make you money as a speaker. And it's not, um, it's not a matter of what's the best way of putting this. It's not a right that's earned because you've spoken 1500 times. Now you get to command X. It's not how the industry works. It doesn't mean, and I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of speakers make is getting, getting, focusing so much on getting comfortable, confident, at speaking and forgetting that they're running a business as a speaker. And so as much as you focus your attention on your competency, which is important, I speak about broadly speaking, three, the three P's, three magic P's of really being a brilliant speaker. One is the presentation. And that's often where everybody's attention is get a really great presentation and by presentation, I'll extend that to mean the way in which you deliver, right? Yes. Having a good product, basically. But the other two people don't really think about, and they are proof and pull. Proof is, um, prove to me you can do what you say you're going to do. So booking a speaker is like booking an entertainer. And therefore, people need to have a sense of the product, Yes. They, and, and telling them, describing the talk is like a musician describing a song. It, it doesn't sell it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you sat down and somebody described the song to you, say, just play me the flipping song, right? That's it's right. the same as a speaker describing how amazing you are. Of course, you're going to say you're great. Show me, don't tell me. So if you're not collecting things like video footage and testimonials and you've got a website and when I go and search for you, what I find says they're a speaker. They've been speaking for X number of years. I can see it. I can get some examples for myself. I can make my own judgment. Yes. Then you're not in the realm of professional speaker. It's like a plumber coming to your house and not owning their own tools. That's not a professional plumber. It's a hobby. Mm. <laughs> they're doing to help you out, right? So if you're going to call yourself a professional, a professional speaker, then have the proof, have the marketing and digital campaign and all of that stuff set up so that yes. you look like a speaker. The third one is pull. So the speakers who get paid the most as speakers have pull for one of two reasons. And what I mean is by pull is who turns up because you're speaking. Okay. Makes and sense. this is what moves you from being an expense to being an investment. Because if you book somebody like Simon Sinek, or Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> yeah, or Richard Branson, people turn up. Why? Because Simon Singer, Oprah Winfrey, and, and 
Richard Branson are on the stage. These are well-known household names. Yes. Of course they're going to turn up. They have a massive following. Or Gary Vaynerchuk. They have a following for one of two reasons. Either if you take um, a Gary Vaynerchuk or an Oprah Winfrey, people are following them because of their message. They have a huge social media following that they've built. If you take somebody like um, Simon Sinek or Richard Branson, it's because they're known in their field. Yes. Right? So either you have depth of expertise that you've written a book, you've done a specific piece of research, you are the go-to person in that field about that topic, that people will turn up to hear you speak because you're an authority, or you've built such a mass following through what you're doing that you're a household name, so people are going to turn up to see you. So if you really want to build a solid speaking business where you can command the highest fees, you need to have all three. The only way you get away with rubbish marketing is if you're a household name. Richard Branson <laughs> doesn't need a website. <laughs> you're right. Although he's known and he has a website for something else, but you're right. He doesn't need a website. He doesn't need a showreel. He just says, I'm Richard Branson. That's it. Job done. That's it. <laughs> right. So unless you're carrying that name and let's face it, most of us aren't. We haven't built that level of celebrity oh. around us. Um, we haven't got that depth of authority in terms of what it is that we do, although we're building it, we're building that level of credibility, then you've got to look the part, which means that when I show up, when you tell me you're a speaker and I Google you, and then you tell me you charge 6,000 pounds an hour, what I see on the screen in front of me and your price sound the same. It feels congruent. It has to level up. It has to level up. Yeah. Otherwise, you're a budget hotel asking for luxury prices and ain't nobody going to pay that. <laughs> Absolutely. Are, these are business people. They're not going to pay for something that doesn't feel like value, especially if they can't see you. They kind of go, I've had a look and nothing says that you're telling me you want how much and I can't, I don't believe you. Maybe you're worth that much, but I don't believe you. I haven't exactly. seen you for myself. I can't find it. And what I do find is... um grainy Facebook um, lives and that sort of stuff. And you want me to pay how much? That's right. Yeah. Here's 500 pounds, love. Is that okay? That's it. So yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, firstly, it's about the audience, but the bigger piece of advice I can give you as a speaker to be great as a speaker is move beyond it just being about your talk and your presentation. And remember that, you know, you've got to be able to have a great presentation, great pull, and, um, and you've got to be able to have the proof points so people believe you. And when you've got all three of those things, that's when you can really command the higher prices. And that's when people come to you. Oh, yeah. And that's so, it's an amazing tip. Even though it has three parts, they, that's a very powerful thing to put in place. So I'll make sure that people remember Lovelda's three P's because <laughs> that's really an amazing tip. If you want to put yourself out there, that's what needs to be done. And you know what, Lavelda, we're already at the end of our interview. That went by so quickly and you shared so much value. I really, really thank you for it. What we'll be doing is that we'll put in links for our listeners to uh, be able to connect with you, find you, see what you do, even go and inquire more about your emceeing, moderating jobs and stuff like that. 
but at the same time also follow you to make sure they get all those gold nuggets again. It was really a pleasure to have you with me. It's been an absolute blast and check out the show notes. We'll make sure that we get all of the details in terms of how you connect. And if you want to learn more about marketing and stuff, I've got a program coming out soon as well. Name is to be decided. It's four, it'll be four days at the moment. It's a working title <laughs> because the team are like, Lavalda, we haven't decided on the name yet. I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> so um, the working title is a mini marketing masterclass. It'll be four days, 97 pounds. But by the time you hear this, We'll have all the details, but the title might have changed, but we'll have it in all the notes. That will be great. So I thank you very much, Lavelda. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 